I'm not going to keep you long because this is the, the bit maybe people think, oh, no, he's going to be preaching for half an hour. No, I just want to bring some points, really, to help us to understand from baptism. And so last night, we actually did a little bit of a baptism class. And it was interesting to talk about so many aspects of baptism. You know, the, the main one, probably Jesus being baptized, him, him identifying with us and the human race by by going down into the Jordan and being baptized of John. No, he didn't need to be baptized because he was a pure, holy person. But he identified with us. And so his baptism was like going into the waters of his death. And as he came back up, it was like his resurrection. And the dove came down upon him, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he went out into his mission. And so if Jesus was baptized for righteousness' sake and for us... How much more should we follow him and go down? I'm glasses on. It's humility sometimes. It's hard. And so we're going down sometimes to follow Christ. We have to be humble. And there in the waters of baptism, we're going down again into a death. Into a death to this world and all the, the stuff that we're into and been into. And we're saying, that's it. I'm finished with all that. I'm cutting it off. And then we start with a, a newness of life. And this is what um, baptism is about. It's a, it's a reflection this morning on the most sacred and profound acts in the Christian faith, which is what we call baptism. Baptism is more than just a ritual. It's a divine covenant. It's something that the Lord has asked us to do. It's symbolic of a journey of transformation. So we don't just end here as a Christian or when we start. It's a journey. I've been a Christian since 1981, and it's a journey that we're on. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and an expression of commitment that's guided by our faith. Okay, so it's all a start. Right, I want to read something that we read last night to the guys, and it's from Acts chapter 8, and uh, from 26. Now, Robin read it really well, so... <laughs> And it was great to hear that. So now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was, had the charge of the, her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I understand lest someone guides me? And he spoke to Philip, come up and sit next to me. The place in the scripture which was read was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, to whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road and came to the water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. 
What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he was baptized. Now they came up out of the water, and the spirit caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went away, sad, miserable. It says here he went away rejoicing. I just want to say the Christian life is full of rejoicing. It isn't empty of problems. I've got problems up here. But you know, deep in my heart, I've got a peace and a joy and a knowledge that Christ is with me. I'm going through those problems, encouraging me and speaking to me. Now, I've been in problems before when I didn't, wasn't a Christian, and it was horrendous. Just darkness and blackness and uncertainty. But in the uncertainty, you've got the voice of Jesus speaking to you in your heart. I am with you. I am with you. I'm going through this with you. And there's an encouragement and a strength that you can't explain that he puts in that inner part when we know him. And so the unit went away rejoicing. And the Christian life is full of joy. But it doesn't mean that we don't have problems. Don't let me delude you there. Anyway... I just want to say that life is a journey this morning. And we're all on a journey. We started in life. We were born. We went through life. We've got mileposts, all of us, in life. And we've twisted and turned and made bad decisions and done things that we shouldn't have done. And we've, we've ended up in places that we didn't want to be in. So we were in a journey. And this Ethiopian was on a journey. He'd been into Jerusalem, been to worship God. He was on the way back home. And he was reading from the Old Testament scriptures. And he was reading about somebody that was 700 years before Jesus had come. The prophets. And he was talking about a person. And he didn't understand who this person was. And yet God knew his heart. And there came Philip. Because God put him there to explain about this portion of scripture. So first of all, there's conviction. The Ethiopian was puzzled. He didn't understand what he was reading about. And Philip explained to him about Christ, about what Christ had done on the cross, about his death, about his resurrection, about his ascension and his glorification at the right side of the Father, and that all authority was now in his name. And so he was explaining that, first of all, Jesus had to be like a sheep. He had to come and be humble. And he had to go before Pontius Pilate and be falsely accused and taken away by the Roman soldiers, spat upon, beaten, whipped, put upon a cross and suffer. And like a sheep, he didn't react. He didn't command angels to come and deliver him. But he did that for us, for you and for me. And that's what Philip said. He preached unto him the gospel, the good news. Jesus, this is what he's done. This is who he's speaking about. And so, conviction. Without conviction, we can't believe. We have to be convicted. And this Ethiopian was getting a conviction from the Bible, from the word of God. And Philip explained to him that Jesus had carried all his guilt, carried our burdens, died for us, didn't stay there, but rose again. And so there's a great hope. I tell you that now, we've got hope this morning. 
It's not hopeless. Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again. That's one of the most fundamental parts of Christianity. That Jesus is alive today. Changing lives. And we've got two people here this morning who can testify to that. Jesus changes lives. Changed my life. Changed Helen's life. Changed Rebecca's life. And done wonderful things because Jesus is alive and he has that wonderful hope this morning. So the Ethiopian had to have that conviction about this. Is this real? Is it true? Did Jesus do this for me? So he got that conviction. And secondly, there has to be light. You know, we can be in the world, yeah, the sun's up, but we can be in darkness. Darkness. I've been in darkness when everything seems gloomy and lost in depression and there's no hope. I don't know whether you felt like that in your life. Many years ago, I'd held a knife there and I thought, yeah, I'm just going to end all this because I can't face tomorrow. But when I got saved, we used to sing a chorus, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because all fear is gone. I know, I know. He holds the future. And this world is gloomy and it can bring depression. You can think, what is going on in this world? It's terrible. But he holds the future. He is the future. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author, the perfecter. He is the Lord. And this morning we can have hope and we can have light in him. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. So light. And as Philip explained this to him, light started to shine into his conviction. Started to see, ah, there is hope. And thirdly, faith has to be faith. A deep belief, okay? Jesus said, he who believes, we read at the beginning, and is baptized, shall be saved. Okay, this is terminology that maybe we're not used to. Uh, He who believes, well, is it a leap in, in the dark? Is it a mystical faith? No. Uh, Philip was telling him about a real person who was prophesied about hundreds of years ago and that he came to be. And they would have known about Jesus at the time. They were right there. It was all happening at the time. And so he explained to him the message of the gospel. And the Ethiopian believed. Okay? I don't know what you think about belief. Is it a head knowledge? Is it a heart knowledge? Is it, is, it, is it something we just say, yeah, I believe that, and carry on with our Or is it something that profoundly changes us? Faith changed me. It transformed my life. I was a person who was angry and used to take this depression out on people. Friday night was the night I go out and let it all out. But faith transform me. Light came into my life and transformed me. You might not be like I was, but you might be just, you know, have a good life, but something missing. And light can shine in. And so uh, faith is something, it's a trust, it's a belief, it comes from the heart. The conviction, the light, the faith. Faith. I can, I can, I, I don't fully understand it all, but I can believe it. I can believe the facts and I can trust it. And I'm putting my trust in Jesus. And so we put our trust in many things. And many things, as the Bible says, Israel leaned on Egypt (laughs) for help instead of the Lord. And it wrenched their arm and jigged into their armpit and ruined their health. 
we can trust in many things and find that it's not working. But I want to tell you that if you put your trust and faith in Jesus, you'll find that he's like honey in the rock. He tastes good. He's good. And his transformative power picks us up and changes us and gives us hope. And so the Ethiopian trusted, didn't he? And he said, that, what hinders me from being baptized? And, and, and Philip said, if you believe. So he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so Philip said, yeah, on that confession, let's baptize you. So there has to be faith and action. Yeah? Some people say, I believe, but don't act. They don't, they don't really believe. They have a head knowledge. But there's something about the true faith that causes us to step forward, to do something. Okay? We don't do something and then have faith. We have faith and then we act. Faith is very simple. It's a simple act. I believe. I trust. I can see this is true. I'm going to stand on it. Look, I'll stand on this here. Right. I'm trusting the joiners did a good job. It's not going to collapse. Put my trust in it. I'm putting my trust in Christ. This is what Helen and Rebecca are saying. I am trusting Jesus with my future, with my life, with my eternity. My eternity. Think about eternity. Where are we going? What happens after death? Are we sure? Do we know what's happening? When we place our faith in Christ, he gives us an assurance and a knowledge that he says, I've overcome death. Be not afraid. I am alive forevermore. If you put your trust in me, I'll raise you up at the last day and you will be with me forever. What a, a promise and a hope that is. And it's just simple faith and it starts the journey off and it's walking with him and knowing him. And faith is action. So Rebecca and Helen are acting out their faith now before you all, before family members, which I say is the hardest thing. I was done in the sea at Frith Beach. I didn't know anybody. It was dead simple. Just jumped into the sea. They baptised me. They were all singing on the beach. Thought we were bonkers. But, you know, I did it at the age of 19. 1981, there at Frith Beach. But these guys are standing before family members and, and bearing their heart and saying, I'm following Jesus, and that's the hardest thing. If you're a Muslim, it's a... If you're in Hinduism, it's... Because baptism is a serious thing. It's saying, I'm dying to this, this way of life, and I'm following Jesus. I'm dying through going into the water, symbolic of what's happened in my heart, dying, and I'm rising again into a newness of life, into a new walk, into a new way, and I'm trusting Jesus in the walk. And so... Um, the scripture says, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and believe with all your heart, you shall be saved. So what are we saved from? What are we saved from? What's the scripture talking about? I'll tell you what it's talking about. It's talking about, probably you don't want to hear this, it's the wrath of God. Ooh, don't want to hear about the wrath of God. God's all loving, surely. He's gracious and kind. Yes, he certainly is. But he's also angry with the way we are acting sometimes and the way we live and the things we do. God is not pleased with it. And he says if we carry on in that way and after death we'll face judgment. Certain judgment. He will judge us. And that was one of the things that I was afraid of. Judgment. But I soon found out that God is gracious and kind for all those who turn to him and repent of sin and believe in him. He offers forgiveness. 
because Jesus died for that on the cross and offers you his forgiveness. He took the penalty, he took the suffering, he took our judgment on himself and says, now I can forgive you. I've judged your sin in my son. He suffered in your stead. And so we are saved. That's what it means, saved. Saved from God's wrath, saved from eternal judgment, saved from hell. Okay, I'll spell it out. I, I hold no bounds on this, but I could give you a candy-coated gospel and say, come to Jesus, all's good, all's fine, all's wonderful. You'll have a great life. Well, that isn't true, is it? What's true is what the scripture tells us. We are saved from God's judgment. We are saved from his wrath. We are saved from standing before him and him going scrutinizing our lives through our decades and say, why did you do that? Why did you say this? They're doing it now with the government, aren't they, over COVID. They've got to give an answer. They've got to give, they've got to, they've got to say. And it's pulled out of them, the truth, light. And so God will do that with us. Why did you say that? Why did you do this? What are you going to say? Oh, uh, there's no excuse, friends. But it's great to have Jesus as your advocate. He stands there for you and say, I paid for that. I paid for that. I paid for that. I suffered for that, Father. And God said, okay, you repented. Come into my kingdom. Come into my heaven. You're welcome. So it's strange to see in God's kingdom and in the church all kinds of weird people. <laughs> all kinds of strangers because we've all come through faith. It's simple. Weak, foolish, uneducated. It's just that simple step of faith and God accepts us. It's not, it's not hard, it's simple. Anyway, so, um, I'll jump it on quick. Uh, <coughs> fifthly, fellowship. Uh, it says this, through baptism, right, we are baptized, it says this in Galatians 3.27, for all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free, nor male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. So we're baptized into the church, into fellowship. We have fellowship with each other. We are a unique group of people, yeah? Made up of peculiar people, strange people, you know, uneducated, Jews, Gentiles, you know, <laughs> people who are, you know, into addiction, all kinds of people. But God says, you're all one through my son, Jesus. And that gives us all level ground, doesn't it? So you can come into the church knowing that we're all equal. We're all loved by the Father. We're all his children. And we all have fellowship one with one another. It's unique. It's a living organism. It's not a club. It's a reality that Christ is amongst us and with us. And so we have communion every week. And that's the next ordinance that the Lord brings us into is communion. We have fellowship through communion. We are recognizing what Jesus did for us on the cross. We are saying thank you, Lord, together. It's special. And we join the church. It's special through baptism. We are members of the church. And sixthly, rejoicing. And I've already mentioned about rejoicing. This Ethiopian eunuch went off into his future. He didn't go gloomy and sad and what's life all about. He went with a knowledge about Jesus. He went with a knowledge that he was in his heart. And as Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He went off rejoicing, happy, glad. And maybe this morning... Uh, there's a lack of joy and a lack of kind of life. Turn to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you. Call upon him. And believe in him. 
Take that step of faith. It isn't hard. It's simple. And say, as we sang earlier, I believe in Jesus, the Son of God. I believe you died and rose again. I believe that you're coming again. And that's another great hope. Another profound doctrine I could go on for all morning is the second coming of Jesus. He is coming again. That's the promise for his bride. He's coming for Israel. He's coming for the church. He's coming again. Not in weakness, in great power and great glory. And the Bible says we will be with him. Coming with him. Glorified with him. Now we're going to get on with the baptism. And if you want to know any more about Christianity, we're welcome to come and talk to us afterwards. There's plenty here who can help you if you want to start a journey of faith yourself.